Welcome to the Retirement Clinic with your host, Jeff Kowal, from the Kowal Investment Group, the Retirement Specialists. It is time for the Retirement Clinic. Good morning. I just blew out Aaron Kowal's ears because the volume was probably cranked. Oh, yeah, crank. he must be deaf or something. Everybody <laughs> says, everybody's got a different level of what's comfortable with, with headphones. I tend to turn mine up pretty loud. And then I just killed your ears. Good what? morning, Aaron. What was that? <laughs> Good morning. How are you? Good. Happy New Year. Happy New Year. We are, of course, live with the Retirement Clinic with the Kowal Investment Group, the retirement specialist. Aaron Kowal is the host today, of course. You've been uh, along with your father, Jeff, and yeah. all the many talented advisors uh, doing this show since 9-11, 20 years yeah. it's been. Yeah. We talked about that anniversary in September and uh, longer, the market reports, the business updates. Uh, on both WIBA and WISN. Yeah, that we we're no, uh, we we know our way around the studio now. Get, coming here for twenty years, and uh, it's a lot of fun. We're very you know very blessed to be able to work with you for for all those years too. Uh, and like, now Spencer too in the likewise in the booth there. Give kudos to producer Spencer, who's now going on um, almost as long as I've been here. It seems like thirty one years on WISN that for he, me. Well, yeah, I don't even think he's 31. He's not even 31 years old. He started at birth. Hey, we've got a fantastic guest in studio, and I will let you introduce our guest and our topic, which is cybersecurity. We've done this before. We have. And I've had tremendous response from that show. We, You know, we have, and, and people think, it's like, wait a minute, it's the retirement clinic. What are you talking about cybersecurity for? It's like, well, you know, you can plan and plan and plan, but if you don't protect what you have gotten and what you have earned and grown that can all go away very 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 quickly and so it, this absolutely ties in because you could have a, a business you could have your own uh, retirement if you are doing things wrong if you're giving away passwords to your investment accounts and all this that's that would be that, that's a very very fast way to lose what you spent your entire lifetime so um, we have Mike Sinkbile here from from Shortech. Um, it, it, they are a, a fantastic firm. They're doing full disclosure. They're doing ours now, our uh, our IT uh, and cybersecurity for our firm. Uh, but I've known Mike, what I mean, probably almost ten years or so from uh, yeah, Financial Planning F Association. FPA, yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah, and so uh, you know, I always say everyone's favorite topic is themselves. <laughs> um, actually, probably except for Mike. Uh, he's a pretty selfless guy. Well, Mike, welcome back. Why don't you Thank talk you so about much. Yourself yeah. Here? yeah, great to be back. Yeah, I'm a partner at Shortech. Been there over 20 years, and uh, cybersecurity is my favorite subject. That's what I always introduce myself as saying when we're talking IT. So, yeah, great to be back. Well, and cybersecurity now more than ever so important uh, per, on a personal level, of course, but when it comes to businesses, Aaron, even more so, I would think. Oh, well, it's huge. You'd be like, well, wait, yeah, we're, we're good. I, you know, I got passwords on my computers. It, and that was maybe at some point, actually probably was never okay just to have that, but, but that was the, the, the norm. And so, you know, you can't just, just have that. There's a lot more. And then when, when some of the things that, you know, they talk about, it's like, you know, I consider myself pretty technical, 
I'm like, I, I don't know. Just tell me what I need to, need I, to do. Yeah, I mean, I work in this industry where everything is Pro Tools and Cool Edit and software where, where we do, you know, radio podcasts and things like that. So I like to think of myself as that. And then I talk to a guy like Mike, and I have no idea how you guys do this. And what's the right? Because cybersecurity, first off, we all know that we need protection, but we right. don't know what the best or how to go about it, I guess. Mm-hmm. And that's where we're headed today. I, Aaron, as I look at the, the phone banks here, we're also getting retirement questions. And I know you always welcome those, right? Yeah, absolutely. So you don't mind mixing those in along the way? Oh, I totally mind, Paul. <laughs> no, you don't. Yeah, no, I don't mind at all. I should have asked you before the show, but hey, it's live radio and that's it's the way it goes. Live radio, yes. So here's the plan. We're going to be on until 11 o'clock. The Retirement Clinic with the Kowal Investment Group will give you all the locations uh, and all the information you need to get in touch off the air. But we are on WIBA in Madison right now, along with WISN in Milwaukee. The website, thekowalway.com, K-O-W-A-L. Check it out, thekowalway.com for the retirement specialist. And we're going to be on the full hour talking about cybersecurity. We'd love to get questions or text on the Eccident Mortgage Talk and Text Line, 414-799-1130, along the lines of the talking about the value of cybersecurity. From Chortech, our guest, Mike Sinkpile, who's been on the program before, uh, we've got the whole hour to dive in. Let's get the one IRA question under our belt here and uh, talk to Dave in Menominee Falls. And then we'll kind of proceed and start the show with the uh, cybersecurity topic. Dave, you called us right away, so I want to get you on the program. Good morning. <laughs> Hi, Dave. Good morning. Thank you. Thank you very much for your show, too. Thank you. I, uh, my wife and I are retired. and. Congratulations. We've been converting our IRA to a Roth every, you know, to try to stay in that uh, certain tax bracket. Sure. And somebody told me that there's a five-year rule that when I convert, it, I have to have it five years if I before when I die. Otherwise, my kids will have to pay taxes on it. Um, no, there's there there are certain rules when it comes to, <clears throat> excuse me. Uh, to that, you've already paid taxes, so it, although the five-year rules um, really they they apply if for um, for the distributions from it. Um, so they do. There is a waiting period on certain withdrawals. There is the five-year rule, um, so you do have to to wait to, to with, withdraw some of those contributions within five years. You have to have them established for five years. Um, you know, so you. But they're okay. It's okay if after you're you're fifty nine and a half, uh, your kids might run into some of those five year rules uh, if they're under fifty nine and a half when they yeah. make some withdrawals. Yeah, worried about my if my kids, I'm gonna have to worry. So, are you saying if I don't open an IRA, these are all old Ross that I'm just converting to a? Yeah, if they're older, you should be fine. Um, you know, with with newer ones, uh, you you. <clears throat> Excuse me. Each conversion has its own five-year period. So if you, you know, if you if you did it, you know, in 2018, you still got a, uh, another year to go um, on that for 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 kids. So you do have to kind of keep track of that. And so um, the oldest, but the oldest conversions are withdrawn first. So the IRS has rules that if that the oldest ones. So if you're doing some now, you know, and then you know pass, uh, your kids can can. Say well, no. These are the ones that Dad did 15 years ago, 
Uh, so there shouldn't, you shouldn't run into any issues with that. But so they have to be on the book for five years. Yeah. Okay. Yep. I think. I thank you very much. Thank you. Thank you for calling, Dave. Appreciate it. Hey, we got about a four or five minute window before we have to take our first break. Let's get started uh, with Mike from Chortech about cybersecurity. Where do you want to start this conversation, Aaron? Uh, Mike, where do you want to start this conversation? <laughs> oh, so much to talk about. There, there is, and that's the, there is uh, so much to talk about. So, uh, what I was just, what are you seeing out there? What's important to you right now? Well, I did want to observe that 2021 was a busy year for cybersecurity. So that's uh, probably point number one here. Uh, so, you, you guys uh, said you don't know how us IT people or cybersecurity people do it. Well, uh, we have to be uh, mindful all the time because they're. There's always new threats, and uh, we're all in a digital world. So on a personal level and a business level, we have uh, uh, assets to protect, and uh, the business operations are uh, critical uh, reliance on IT these days. So uh, the bad guys know that, and they're uh, trying to mess with us with with uh, ransoms, taking us uh, ransom and stopping operations of the business, um, holding a whole company hostage. So 2021 talk, was no different. For talk sure. about that. That is yeah. a fascinating concept that you don't get there's not enough news coverage on that i think yeah. people want to keep it kind of quiet uh but talk, how do they do that why do they do that and then what's the resolution yeah for us in the business we do keep an eye on all kinds of sources and so it's kind of cool when the uh front headlines of uh, uh the major news channels do talk about cybersecurity. so late in the year you may have noticed one that was really techie sounding log 4j that was a vulnerability that was discovered it's a piece of software that's used within lots of other software. So when you're a company making a piece of software for business use, you don't write every single line of code. In many cases, you just take chunks of code that are already done for you. And this Log4j piece of software was used by lots of companies that make software over the years. And it was found to have a big vulnerability. Uh, how big? Well, the bad guys can take over your computer and do whatever they want. That's as big as they get. Uh, one cybersecurity company uh, even mentioned this is, in their opinion, the largest threat of the last decade in cybersecurity. And that was just last fall. So I don't know if you missed it in the news, but wow. uh, just one example where you, yeah, and the antidotes for it are, are complicated. You got to check all the software that might be using Log4j. You got to test your systems, lock things down. It's just a continuous process. What kinds of softwares would be using that? Uh, many, many pieces of software, usually web-facing software. It's involved in uh, the uh, Java uh, stack of software. So if you run a web server or something that is software connecting to the Internet for your customers to log into a web page, you, you were scrambling last fall. Oh, sorry about that. <laughs> Have you seen... Spencer, am I on? Mic break. Oh, there oh, we there go. Hey, the studio's Paul, falling you, apart. I don't know if you know, Paul, but your micro, microphone has to be plugged in. It's it, wired. I'm an old radio pro. I got these tips for you. <laughs> I'm telling you, just weird weird bugs are happening. Talk about bugs with computers. Hackers, yes. yeah, yeah, maybe our microphones are being hacked. But have you seen this stuff up close and in person? It can it could potentially kill a business, I would imagine, if it's not dealt with properly. Yeah, for sure. Uh, we've been called in to clean up after a disaster in many cases, but uh, we do always prefer to be proactive to prevent uh, problems from happening. So my my most recent favorite story was a, 
a uh, threat that took a company down. They, they ran the numbers after they cleaned up and um, $700,000 of impact to the bottom line. That's just uh, downtime up to two weeks of downtime in the business operations of manufacturer, local manufacturers. So mm. um, this stuff hits real people right down the street. Here. Where is Chortech located, Mike? We're in Waukesha, right off of Highway 164 and 94. Before the hour's over, we'll give out contact information. Sure. Of course, you help out businesses with this need. Mm-hmm. And it's it's what we're going to be talking about, the value of cybersecurity. Don't want to scare people, Aaron. Well, you kind of do. <laughs> Maybe you, we do. You know, people don't won't, generally won't take action unless there's a fear or a need. And, you know, we don't want to pan- people to panic, but there should be some level of concern on some of these things. Yeah, Absolutely. The headlines do help, and I, I don't like to scare people, but the headlines are helping, uh, just awareness and concern. Um, and I, I'm encouraged. Uh, I've seen a trend in business owners being aware of this. What do I need to do? They ask that question as opposed to the I hope I'm okay approach. Well, on the personal level, everybody with their laptop, and you, you know, you do things to protect yourself from viruses and from cyber you know, attacks and things like that. Why wouldn't you with your business? Right. Um, and, and you absolutely should. Because you're, uh, because you don't see the immediate return on that, that you feel it, it, it's not an investment in keeping your business running. Oh, that's an, just a cost that I got. It's an insurance kind of, yes. yes. Mm-hmm. Well, we'll talk more about it. In addition, I would love to take calls. If you're a business owner, if you've got questions, now is the time to talk to Mike Sinkbile and Aaron Kowal about cybersecurity. What can you do to protect yourself? Let's open up phone lines. In addition, along the way, if you got retirement-related questions, this is the Retirement Clinic. It's what we do. The Accident Mortgage Talk and Text Line open for you at 799-1130. We'll be right back. All right, it's time for the boss segment. Uh, in this case, Aaron Kowal is live in studio for this. And I think, are we going to be helped here by uh, Mike Sinkpile as well, Aaron? Oh yeah. oh, yeah. We have the sexy segment later in the show. That's yes, coming up as well. Yes, we do. Not it is not a cybersecurity uh, sexy segment, but it is about protection. So there, there are different levels of protection. This is more on the asset protection side. If you are just joining us, we welcome you back, and we're going to dive into this segment. The Boss Minute is about business owners, savings, and security. We are talking with Mike from Chortech about cybersecurity. All right, the floor is yours, Aaron. Well, yeah, the floor is yours, Mike. We, you know, we, we talk about cybersecurity, and there's the, the, the cybersecurity curve uh, that that Mike's put together that I think is really a nice I'm a visual learner so I can um, you could say well you need this and this and this I'm like that doesn't mean anything to me putting it onto a nice chart of of risk of, of bang for your buck and what mm-hmm. do you actually need is really nice so why don't we talk, why don't we go through this sure we'll go through the chart we'll go through what you want to talk about here yeah thank you yeah I, I created this document I uh, we'll give you a web address later where you can get it. It's really oriented towards business owners. They ask the same question. We talk to them all the time about what we're experts in, in technology and, and security and cybersecurity. So uh, we have to cross that gap to get to layperson terminology. These people are usually experts at what they do, what they manufacture or what they 
uh, sell in their business. And so IT and cybersecurity is a, a foreign language, and they're just having to trust us. So I, I draw pictures. That is definitely a great way to, to convey uh, a complex subject. And so um, the, the, the basic points I always make from this is that you can never be totally secure. So that's sometimes an eye-opener to to our business customers because they just think, well, we buy enough tools, get the best firewall, best antivirus, and uh, we'll be safe. Well, that's not always the case. So point one, you can't be totally secure. And there's certainly a spectrum of things you can do. So the very, very basics, you got to have a business class backup. That's where it all starts. It's shocking that I still run to many businesses that don't have that in place. That is the antidote to that $700,000 outage uh, that uh, I talked about earlier. So if you don't have that in place, uh, you, you, you're you running without a net. You're really uh, running some high, high risk. But that's even if if you your computer crashes or your hard drive fails or things like that, that it might not even necessarily be cybercrime. It could just be something yes. breaking. That's right. Yep, yep. Availability is the challenge. I mean, so you could lose all your customers and data and everything. Sure. Yep, yep. Hardware failures. The old days, it was keep everything running. Now it's keep it running and safe. And so that is definitely challenging. So backups are just step one. There's a whole spectrum of tools that you can put in place. And you, you want to make a decision about each of those. Uh, it's a diff, different recipe for different businesses as far as what are your risks. Uh, so uh, once you have that conversation, you analyze, you assess, where are you now, where are the risks, and then how do you protect for them? So um, each of those tools you can put in place have different costs. Sometimes it's just a little convenience factor you give up. Um, sometimes it's actual operational cash. And so... You want to think about each of those choices and buy the right level of insurance is basically what it is. Insurance, actual insurance, is also one of the components out there. But I am mostly involved in the technical stuff, of course. The, the, you know, some of this is pretty interesting that I would never think of. Um, obviously, like multi-factor authentication, you know, I have on my phone and uh, yeah. you know all that. Cybersecurity awareness and uh, training and testing. I mean, mm -hmm. a lot of I would imagine that a lot of the issues. Uh, in a company would be people not knowing that they're doing the wrong thing. You don't know what you don't know. And so if you train them to say, hey, don't give your password to the Prince of Nigeria, yep. you know, it yeah, should the, be okay. Yeah, the hackers are going after people because the technology is well protected these days. So if you put a lot of tools in to, to keep the technical uh, side protected, you still should watch out for the people vulnerabilities. Which so, are the weak points now in the... Yeah, and that one in particular, it's a good one to mention, the cybersecurity awareness phishing training. So uh, the bad guy's trying to fish information out of you by giving you bad emails, tricking you to clicking or giving away information. Uh, the antidote, or at least uh, uh, something that you can try to do to, to reduce that risk, is train people in advance about it. So the, we have a couple of tools that we bring to bear on that, which... Uh, send test emails, so uh, harmless phishing emails. They're very, very convincing. They look the same. They uh, have the same attributes. So we're trying to educate the users in catching those. And so you make it a game. You actually tell everybody in the company, we're going to be using a cybersecurity awareness tool. You're going to see these phishing emails. Uh, and just if you click on them by mistake, we'll train you on what you missed. Uh, but now it's a game. People don't want, don't, don't want to fail the test. They want to do well on that. And so uh, they're always looking. So they catch the actual phishing emails and stop those as well. So that's why it's effective. Aaron, I'm, I, I don't know about you, but here at iHeart, we're a pretty big corporation. So yeah. we get corporate emails, watch for, and then I'll say these emails. Boy, they look official. They almost look like they're coming from our corporate headquarters but they're not. Right. Don't click on them, just delete them. Well, it's, you know, in a day-to-day -day grind of life, you go through emails fast. 
it's easy to click something when you didn't plan to, right? Yeah, you know it is, and I know I know you. I know I know you that you make <laughs> click a, that that you make a just a regular practice of deleting any emails from from iHeart <laughs> or from your boss anyway. So you're you're gonna be good. I just don't check mine, so I'm good. I'm kidding. <laughs> but it's as I sit there, here, you gotta be on top of all this stuff. Look at this. As I'm sitting here talking to you and Mike on my own personal laptop, antivirus protection expect, expired on my own laptop. It's the first time I saw it. Okay, so maybe. Do people get lax with this in their personal and business lives, Mike? I think in many parts of life you uh, have a, a challenge or something you're worried about and you kind of avoid. And so that's that's uh, cer- certainly the case in cybersecurity. So in a personal life, we're, we're in a digital world here for sure. So uh, I'll just use that same password. I remember that. I can't, can't uh, make up a new one for every site. You need a tool for that. You shouldn't uh, avoid the issue. You should make sure you, uh, you know, confront it and put the right... Uh, uh, control in place. One thing Aaron just talked about, we do have here, and that is the multi, what'd you call it? Multi-factor authentication. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And that is to get into my email, I've got to get it, you know, and then I get a text with a, a code and I punch mm-hmm. that in. Now I'm finally in the email. You may think it's a pain in the butt. Mm-hmm. Once you get used to it, it's no big deal, Mike. Yep. And it really does protect us, doesn't it? Yeah. You gave up some, some convenience factor there. It's not a big cost to it. A little bit of time. And uh, definitely turn on multi-factor wherever you can. It's yeah. affecting us in our personal lives. For businesses, you'd be shocked how many don't have that in place. Uh, I strongly recommend uh, business computers should have multi-factor the moment you sit in your chair to log on to that computer. That's what we do for our clients. Yeah, I, I've gotten used to it. It's just yeah. part of my daily routine. Okay, that's how I get into my email, both my office, the studio, at, at home, on my laptop. Also, passwords. I don't, it's kind of a funny topic in a way because there are people that will put passwords on the bottom of their keyboard. I'm showing you a password here on this keyboard because it's a shared computer in a studio. How often should we change them? I know everybody says don't use the same password, which we all Mm -hmm. do probably, right? Your dog's name and a, and a year and a symbol or whatever. Mike, what are your thoughts on passwords? That, did you just tell us your password, Paul? I'm going <laughs> to go on Facebook and look up your dog's name. I changed it. Yeah, it's amazing. <laughs> just for you. Amazing Good. we're still talking about it, but absolutely. That's that's a basic control, basic security measure for your personal and work life. Um, I have to use a tool because I can't remember these passwords. I can't make up good passwords uh, very creatively well, we've myself. Had, we've, yeah. We'd have 25, 30 of them with all the different apps and yeah, platforms we're on, right? The, the tool I use has, for myself, 1,400. I just continue to add to them. It's all unique. I hit one button in the tool. It makes a new password. I don't even know what it is. I have the one password for the vault itself, and that's what I protect. How often should we change passwords? Well, uh, when you couple that with multi-factor, the importance of changing the password goes down because you have that unique authentication, that second check on you every single time. So the bad guys need both of those to get in. So the importance of the password goes way down, which is good for you because you can remember it more easily. Um, So... Uh, in, in business environments, we change, if you only have passwords, we recommend you change them frequently, like every 90 days. In places where you have multi-factor, you can knock that back to a year comfortably, in my opinion, because you've got that multi-factor. That's how good multi-factor is. Yep. It does work. Yeah. Aaron, anything you want to add to the passwords? Are you, do you find yourself falling into my trap? No. Um, and since knowing Mike, I've gotten a, a heck of a lot better. Mm-hmm. Uh, that he's sufficiently scared me enough that I'm 
you know, and you know, now my password, you know, is just password, but it has the the A is the the at you know <laughs> sign now. So I'm really secure now mm-hmm. in my password. Uh. But um, you know, I, I do have a question around passwords, and I, w- I w- another question on the curve. Yes, is um, so like my I have an iPhone, and Safari saves mm-hmm. saves it. I know Chrome saves it also. Um, is that good enough, or should I have a separate app that is 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 uh, you know, yeah. compiling all the passwords? Yeah. My opinion on that is that uh, letting the device remember your passwords is is good uh, because then you can use unique passwords. Uh, Apple, for example, does lean in on this. They suggest a unique, complicated password, and they'll keep it for you. That's fine. Uh, I do like having a third party third party involved because now I know that vault is there. If Apple gets hacked, I at least have some separation there. So uh, I'll drop a couple of brands here. The uh, tool that I use is called One Password with the digit one and the word password. If you just Google that, that's one company that sells a tool. And the tool can install on your computers, your iPads, your tablets, your phones, all that stuff. And it tightly integrates. So um, when a password prompt is necessary, it'll ask you, do you want me to memorize it, the phone itself, or do you want to use one password, for example? Another option for you would be LastPass. Uh, no space, LastPass. That's a good one, too. Um, so, yeah, third parties are, my opinion, better. you got to pay a little bit for it, but uh, I think it's worth it. How do we know if we've been hacked, Mike? Uh, What's the red flag I look for, or is it obvious? Well, uh, sometimes it's obvious if the bad guys aren't uh, very good at their job. Uh, if it's uh, um, if they are good at their job, they're surreptitiously surreptitiously uh, you know messing with your systems behind the scenes, and sometimes planning the attack. We call that lateral movement. If they get in there, get their foot in the door onto the computer in your office, for example, work their way around to other computers and get ready to spring the trap and take the company hostage, that's that's the more common attack these days. Uh, so very, very serious. Uh, really, it's it's very hard to tell uh, that you've been hacked unless you have some special tools. Um, so back to my curve, the higher end of the curve is where you get some of these tools which have some machine learning, some AI learning in there to watch for behavior on your computer, not for known previously known viruses, but... Oh, somebody's using some built-in utilities in your computer to do things that aren't normal. They're doing bad stuff on your computer. You're not just opening Word docs and such. You're opening pipelines to China or something like that from your workstation. That's not normal. So it's, it jumps in and tells you that things like that are going on. So it is it is very challenging, and you need the right tools for the job. I think, Aaron, before we break, what you said before was maybe my biggest takeaway from, well, obviously what Mike is saying is a lot of good stuff. I said we don't want to scare people today. We yeah. kind of do. Yeah, you do. You do. Because when, when you get scared, then there's action. If you're complacent, if you're feeling safe, you're not going to take action. If you, maybe you should. And even if that action is just reviewing what you have. That, 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 that might not, something might not actually need to be done. Right. Maybe you I am right. protected. But you should at least be scared to, to keep it in your mind because that is a real threat. It's not something that happens to other people. You know, my Facebook was hacked in the last two months. I, I found out because everybody said, Paul, I think you were hacked. Something went out in Messenger and, hey, look who died. One of these, right? Okay. My Facebook was hacked. That's different than what we're talking about, Mike, right? Right. Yeah, if your livelihood and your employees' livelihoods are all at stake here, for sure, it's, it's pretty serious. And possibly hundreds of thousands or millions of dollars. Yep, and your business and your security. I mean, this is serious stuff. We're talking with Mike Sinkbile, Chortech. How do I reach out to you at Chortech? 
Well, uh, the, the thing we've been referring to here, the cybersecurity curve, is a good uh, place. It's right on our, our website. Uh, you can download it there. It's oriented to business owners, but uh, you can always learn from it uh, if in individuals as well. Uh, and that's at chortech.com slash curve. That's How do you spell chortech? C-H-O-R-T-E-K dot com forward slash curve. And that will get you to where you can download this uh this guide we've had. I just want to make one more point that the, the curve is it's intended to explain on a layperson level uh, what's what's uh, going on, but we have layers of depth uh, behind that for frameworks and more cybersecurity controls. So this is the tip of the iceberg, I guess I'll say. If you're just joining us, Mike Sinkbile with Chortech, talking about cybersecurity, obviously the value, the need to have proper security for you and your business. This is the Retirement Clinic. Aaron Kowal, your host from the Kowal Investment Group, the retirement specialist, thekowalway.com. We'll be right back on WISM Milwaukee and WIBA Madison. All right, we are back. WISN and WIBA with the Retirement Clinic. In a minute, we're going to talk about the dark web. I have no idea what the dark web is. It just sounds creepy and scary, and I shouldn't get involved. The value of cybersecurity is our topic today with our guest. We are talking with Short Tech's Mike Sinkpile. Aaron Kowal is here also. We have um, some texts coming in that we will answer, some retirement-related texts as well, Aaron, but this segment about wealth management and preservation. Yeah, so the show is for everybody. Uh, The the sexy segment, is, as we we call it, is for people generally with a million dollars or more. But this could apply to more people, too. So um, so this is not cyber-related, but it is about... Protection, and it's from a, a, a report that we have. We call a flash report. So, if anybody's interested in uh, us sending this to them, we can we can send this out uh, to you. But it's a report that we have. It's called a wall around your wealth. I'm not going to read the whole thing. I'm going to take some things from it. Um, but so it says, success can come with a major downside. It can make you a potential magnet for lawsuits, including frivolous and unfounded ones, and other attacks that can wreak havoc on your financial health and stability. Indeed, you may very well know someone in your life who has been sued. Maybe it was you. Um, you know, I had a, yeah, so, and it, but it says that means you've got to take steps to protect the assets you've worked so hard to build from unjust, being unjustly taken. Otherwise, you may jeopardize your financial security and that of your company and your family. So it isn't, asset protection is about hiding money from the world. It's quite the opposite. In fact, you want anyone who might come after, come after your assets to clearly see what you've done to build, that you, what you've done to build a wall around your wealth. Uh, why? It shows them that it shows them the difficult legal path they've had to, that they would have to take to get at that wealth, which hopefully will cause them to settle, negotiate, or ideally throw up their hands and walk away. Um, you know, I have friends. I'm a little bit of an aside that you know, we we in our office do we document, document, document everything. Uh, we have friends that, you know do as well that they have patents, and so there are patent trolls out there and be like, no, no, I came up with that before you. It's like, and so no, now you got to give me all your wealth. So you got to really document everything and have good attorneys that can, you know, eventually settle 
or in some cases counter sue uh, for for all of your expenses and your time. Um, you know, the the uh, the good news is that the threats to your wealth from other people and entities may be on on your radar screen. Uh, take successful business owners for example. More than eighty five percent of successful business owners say that they are concerned about becoming the ob- the object of unjust lawsuits or being victimized in divorce proceedings. The bad news, only about a quarter, 27.5% of them actually have a formal asset protection plan in place. So I'm concerned. Yes, I'm concerned. I'm concerned about cybersecurity. Mm-hmm. I'm concerned about risk. Right. And I don't want to do anything. It's just like, like death. No one likes to talk about them dying. I don't want to talk about it's that. It's why we avoid estate planning. Yes. Experts we... say 90% of Americans do not have any estate plan, a trust, a will, or power of attorney. It's, we don't want to talk about it's it. It's madness. So, okay, so I'm scaring you, right? That's yeah. what, you know, because you got, you got to take, there is something that needs to be done. So what can you do? Get protected before a claim against you is made. You can do a lot to protect your wealth before liability arises, but thanks to a concept known as fraudulent conveyance, very little can be done after. Uh, as with insurance, the time to have your asset protection in place is well before you need it or even think you might need it. You know, we talk about uh, long-term care insurance. Um, I'm not saying it's for everybody. It's not. Um, but, you you know, you start talking about it like in your 40s. It's like, wait a minute, that's where I'm in the 70s, 80s. Yeah, well, it's also going to be insanely cost prohibitive to even think about it right before there might be a need. So, But if you took that that thinking to this conclusion here, Aaron, we wouldn't have a retirement plan. Right. It, it, it's very hard to be retired. disciplined when you're 22 to start your 401k, but if you do it properly, everybody knows you're going to have a nice nest egg at retirement. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, you know, Second, cover the basics. Evaluate, evaluate your liability insurance and other related policies and maximize them as best you can. Probably the fastest, easiest, and cheapest move you can make is to take out a large umbrella policy. I don't do this insurance. I can recommend people that that do. Um, It's just one of the few blanket things I can tell people is you need umbrella liability insurance um, because that acts as just another barrier to somebody getting getting at your assets. I mean, it's slippery. It's snowy outside right now. Someone slips and falls on your property, breaks their elbow, breaks a leg, something like that. They could go after you. That's so right. you're never you're never fully protected. Even if you golf, there's some liability there if you're not a great golfer. So I should probably up my, up my uh, uh, liability insurance. How does that work with Phil uh, Mickelson? He's always hitting people. I think it's different <laughs> when you're a pro because the, that is accepted. The, the PGA liability. probably has their their coverage. I would yeah, assume. I would, but I would imagine that you know on the back of your ticket, you're yeah, agreeing that you're you're yeah. accepting the risk of being hit by a ball. Just like going to go AmFam to, and watching the Brewers. Right, it's on the small print. Right, right. So, uh, and then consider third, um, uh, consider a variety of other asset protection strategies. Um, they, they'll need to, to. They'll depend on your specific situation, uh, of course. Uh, that's it's generally a good idea to consider your options. So ascertain appropriate utilization of risk transfer through property, casualty insurance, homeowners, auto, rental, personal excess liability, umbrella, health, disability, life, long-term care, uh, director's liability if you're on boards and things like that, uh, and other professional liability insurance. Nobody likes paying those insurance premiums. Nobody yeah. likes talking about it. But you it. love it when you need it. You love it when you need it. You have to have it. Uh, even cyber, We have cybersecurity insurance uh, for our business. Really? Yeah. Well, yeah. So is that, that a thing, Mike? Absolutely. Obviously it is. Yep. Yeah, but the, the 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 insurance company wants us to have certain things in place so cuz we could say 
well, what's what's our 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 insurance premium? It could be astronomical if we don't even have passwords on our computer. Then we are we are not taking the basic uh, steps to keep ourselves safe. Like if you have you know, health insurance, life insurance, you know you could you can be super reckless. But if you they actually will ask you on the the life insurance application yeah. on in the underwriting, yeah, right. do you skydive? Do you do do deep sea? Oh, I've uh, answered those questions. Yeah, so all those all those things. It's not just, just do you know. smoke? It's all kinds yeah, of questions. Yeah. So um, structure any ex, ex, uh, expected gifts <clears throat> or inheritances to protect them from claims of creditors. Discuss gifting assets when there are no current creditor issues in order to lessen likelihood of raising fraudulent transfer issues. So you, get, you know you get you have a creditor that wants wants their money and you know you gift you oh, I don't have anything but you just gave gave it to your kid or your spouse or something like that. You can't really do that. Uh, consider various forms of ownership. They either put assets beyond the reach of a creditor or make those assets less desirable for creditors. So uh, if you have a rental home or something like that, putting that into an LLC, a separate LLC, so that. Um, you're, it's not in your own name that because then they can only go after the assets of the LLC, and then just make sure that you know, to be sure that your attorney or other professionals are qualified to help you protect your assets. Um, you know, we see far too many financial professionals aren't in a position to provide guidance on an implementation of many assets uh, asset protection solutions. Uh, assess the asset protection expertise among your professionals. So, don't have your divorce attorney. Do your estate planning. Um, there's different specialties you know, in there, uh, or just your best friend who may not be a great attorney, but you know, yeah, I'll have him do it because attorney's attorney. No, it's not. You nowadays you really need to specialize and, and work with. Somebody That's that good advice, in. Aaron. Yep. I, I agree. In the interest of time, I want to get to yes. this before we run out of time on the show, talking about the value of having cybersecurity from Chortech, Mike Stinkpile. I screwed up your name, didn't I? No, no. Sinkbile. That's good. I did get it right. German. Yep. German? Yeah. Just like my name. What's Koval? Polish. Well, that's right. It was it short, shortened like 80 years ago from Kovalkiewicz. But yes. That's a great but name. We want to get to that. I, I want to I get, get the this. dark web. And you got a question that came in via text. Yes. Let's do this real quickly. All right. Because I, I don't want to miss this topic. What is the dark web, Mike? Yes, the, the dark web is a part of the internet. Um, it's not like a location or a website, but if you are a bad it's not guy, not darkweb.com. No. <laughs> but if you're a bad guy and want to do illegal things, you can hook up to the dark web by putting special software on your computer that obscures where you're going and who you're talking to on the internet. And they have uh, illicit information. So, like, they steal data from people and companies and sell it to each other on the dark web or uh, or worse, you know, um, exchanging uh, uh, a drug uh, paraphernalia and uh, pornography, uh, child pornography and things like that. So it's, it's a bad area of the Internet. And if your information gets out there, uh, you can at least be aware of the risk if you're credentials, like your username and password for something, got onto the dark web. There are tools. There are companies that will hook up to and buy copies of the lists that are sold on the internet on the dark web so that you at least are aware. You need to change your credentials. Again, why it's super important to have that unique password for every single site you're going to. Going back to that again, it's kind of the basics. Don't let the basics go. So it does exist. I'm afraid to even Google the term dark web. Mm -hmm. Well, uh, it's right there in Wikipedia to describe it. It's a safe place to look at uh, what it is. But you don't want to go there just like uh, 
uh, high crime, uh, high risk area of the town. You just uh, avoid no it. reason to be there. It's yeah, common you're sense. Looking, you're looking for trouble if you go there. That's exactly yeah. right. So it does exist. It's a real thing. Uh, Mike, we're going to take a quick break. We will give out all the contact info for Chortech and the Kowal Investment Group. You've got a question to answer. We'll do that after the break, Aaron, as well. As we continue the retirement clinic, Aaron Kowal is here as well. And now Mike's been talking about cybersecurity. Before the show's over, we'll give you his direct information to reach out off the air and talk about it to protect you, your company, of course, your not just personally, but your business. You don't want to be attacked. You don't want a virus. Nope. Not talking COVID. Talking the other guy. Come on, Paul. <laughs> we'll take a quick break <laughs> and we'll be right back. The retirement clinic is on in Madison, WIBA, our sister station, and right here in Milwaukee and WISN. We'll be right back. Okay, we only have about a minute or two left in the show, so we're going to thank Mike very quickly from Chortech, and I will turn it over to you, Mike. Yeah, thanks. Final so much. comments, and how do I reach out? Oh, I'll just be safe out there. Uh, it is a complicated subject, but uh, we're here to help. Uh, you can get that cybersecurity curve document, and also get a con- contact from me if you wish at chortech.com. C H O R T E K dot com slash curve, and I'll give a direct number if you want to call me two six two five two two eight two four eight. Well, thank you so much for all the great information and advice. You, Aaron Kowal, the Kowalway.com is your website. Yes. I can call you at 262-522-4040. We did get a lot of texts that we didn't get to. Yeah, we did. Sorry, call call that number, 262-522-4040. I'm happy to answer um, any questions that you have. Uh, find us online at Facebook, LinkedIn, Twitter, Kowal at, uh, at Kowal underscore invest. Uh, but again, 262-522-4040. Thank you. And we learned a lot today. Again, not to scare people. Yeah. Mm, make uh, you aware. Moderate amount. Yeah, I hope we did that. Raise concern, not not fear. That's a good way to put it, Mike. Yeah, uh, raise concern. A great show. Once again, thanks to Mike. Thanks to Aaron Kowal. The Retirement Clinic will be back next week on WISN and WIBA.